express in the right words how grateful Peggy and I are to have the opportunity to work out of Bible Baptist Church. One of the great joys of our life and 45 years of preaching has been able to travel around the country and other places the Lord has opened the doors for the ministry and to be able to claim that we're a member of Bible Baptist Church and that our pastor is Pastor Ricky Gravely. And we're grateful for this church. And we didn't even get to our seat and probably a half a dozen people said we're praying for you tonight. And that means the world to us. We certainly need your prayers and thank you for the support. And as I say often, thank you for allowing us to be your hands and feet on the mission field. And I'm grateful for what the Lord's doing. And thankful for every uh, member that helped us during the revival at the Whitfield County Jail. Uh, we had a good meeting, and I'm grateful for our church folk that helped in that meeting. We had a total of 25 that trusted the Lord as their Savior. And there's a door opener, there's a foot in the door for that facility and other facilities in the area. And so we're grateful for that. Come visit with us at Rock of Ages Ministry sometime. And to see firsthand what the Lord's doing. Many of you have been to the ministry, and I'm very, very uh, grateful for that. I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. Uh, come February the 5th through the 8th, we'll be having our first minister's practical training at the Rock of Ages Ministries. We have several pastors, including our pastor, that will be coming in. And starting with a service on Monday night of the 5th, and then we'll go to starting on Tuesday morning, uh, beginning at 8.30 in the morning. We'll have a time of season of prayer and uh, fellowship, and then we'll go right into classes starting at 9 o'clock and 45-minute increments and 15-minute break followed each one. We'll be providing very uh, high-end lunches at the ministry, and that'll go through Thursday afternoon. It's open to any preacher, uh, whether they're young or old in the ministry, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, and we're looking forward to a great time in the Lord. We'll have, of course, our pastors who mentioned, uh, Pastor Tim Fleur will be with us. We have a great host of others, Brother Gene Rowell, up at Gant Street Baptist Church, and if I started to listen to all the names tonight, I'd overlook someone and it would take up a good bit of time, but please come and uh, pray for the meeting, and we'll be honored to have you, especially it's for anyone that's a preacher, uh, whether you're just called in the ministry, I've been in the ministry for quite some time, and I'm very, very uh, excited about what the Lord's doing. We've done this with just the missionary staff over the last, I suppose, 18 years, and we did on the West Coast several years before moving back to the East Coast, and now we're branching it out and opening it up for uh, preachers in general. In fact, the majority of the teaching and the classes will be done by local church pastors, and we're grateful for the support of the ministry. Now, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed the church play this year. Amen. I've enjoyed it each year, but it's good to be able to uh, come uh, during the Christmas season and be at our home church. If you have your Bible tonight, let's go, if you would, please, to the book of Ephesians tonight, the book of Ephesians, and we'll look at a passage of Scripture Ephesians chapter number three. I was preaching some time ago when a preacher asked me for uh, some dates for the following year. And uh, any of you that are up on uh, computers and calendars and syncing and things of that nature, I suppose my calendars were all between my iPad, my iPhone, and my Mac computer were all in the process of syncing. So when I looked at it, I had all the time open. The entire year was open. I said, preacher, I guess it's any time you want. And um, I kind of shook up for a little bit because I thought, you know, I guess that means that I don't have any meetings moving forward. And I've got a lot of preachers going to be calling me and having my hide before it's over. And then I got thinking about, it. well, that'd be a blessing if it was in disguise because I don't have to keep up with what I preach where anymore. I just rear back and preach it. Amen. Amen. But with that being said, our calendar came back and was able to get back on track. But uh, tonight, if you have your Bible, I want to go to this passage of Scripture. I've alluded to it here before, but I want to preach from this text tonight, if you would please, in Ephesians chapter number 3, 
and I did not know what the pastor's emphasis was on this coming year until tonight. But I would ask you if you would to please stand in reverence to the reading of the scriptures. And again, we'll get right into the message. Notice you would please in Ephesians chapter number 3, we'll read two verses of scripture, beginning verse number 20 and verse number 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Our fathers, we bow before you tonight. We are grateful for the opportunity to be here at our home church. I thank you for every member that's here tonight. Lord, I thank you for those that have prayed for us and those that give sacrificially to the world missions and evangelization outreach of this church. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and honor to be able to represent our home church on the mission field. Lord, tonight there may be heavy hearts and heavy burdens that are here tonight. There may be those on the mission field tonight that are faced with great obstacles that we'll not hear of until tragedy is over. And so, Father, I pray that you'll be with those missionary families and that you'll be with others tonight that stand in dire need of our prayers. I would ask you that you'll help us as we close out this year and look forward to the coming year. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to be more fervent, that you'll help us to be more on fire for you than we've ever been in our life. I'd ask, Lord, that you'll move tonight, meet every need. Thank you for your word, and I pray for your divine power and presence, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he comes to chapter number three, and he begins to encourage them concerning various things in their Christian walk in the local church. Then he comes to verse number 20, and he reminds them of the great ability of Almighty God. He reminds him that God is able to do all things and there's nothing that is restrained from the providential hand of God except for those things which would be of sin concerning lying or murder or things of that nature for we know that God cannot lie. But we find in the scripture that the potentials of serving God is unlimited. And I believe tonight that there are possibly those that in the sound of our voice That God wants to use you in your life in a greater fashion than you ever dreamed possible. And here in this passage of scripture, Paul says to the Ephesians, Now unto him that is able. Notice, if you would, the progression of this particular passage of scripture. And it's as if Paul is climbing in the English language through our translation of the scripture in our King James Bible and trying to find the appropriate words to explain the greatness of Almighty God. He is trying to explain the possibilities, the potentials that God has. And so he begins with, he is able, or God is able. And then after a brief pause, he simply says this, God is able to do. I'm glad that God is not only able, but he's able to act upon that which he desires to do. And then he builds at a third level, and he says God is able to do exceedingly. And so we find that he's not only able to do, but God's able to do exceedingly. He's able to go beyond our wildest thoughts, our dreams, our imaginations, our hopes. And then after a brief pause, he says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. And so each time he takes it to a new level, a new height in his explanation of God's ability. Then he says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. 
God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, Paul says to the church at Ephesus. And so we find that the Apostle Paul in this passage of Scripture is giving us the possibilities of the Christian life and the possibilities of the church at Ephesus and the great things that they can potentially accomplish for the glory of God. You may be sitting here tonight and wondering if God could use someone like you. I remember many years ago when I had gotten saved and given my life to the Lord and I was saved off the streets and I'll not get into my testimony. I've touched base on that in times past. But I remember in my prayer time and in my heart of hearts as I would contemplate the grace of God and the salvation of God and all that he had done in my life to change my life. And I would hear pastors preach and evangelists, and I would hear the testimonies and the messages of the missionary. And my heart would be challenged and stirred, and in my heart there was a longing, a desire. There was a a thirst to do something great and mighty for God. But I was held back by restraint of my own unbelief. I was held back by my inability, my incompetence to believe God, not just to use others in their lives and to great capacity, but I did not believe that God could use me in that capacity. And I remember the glorious day when I came to the realization that I am just nothing more than a sinner saved by the grace of God. And that God could do with me what God desired to do with me. He said to the disciples in Matthew 4, 19, Follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. And I realized that it was not in my ability, but it was all in God's ability. And God could use me in whatever level that he desired to use me, as long as I'd be willing to yield myself to his capacity and his potential. Now I want to give you three things in this text tonight, and I know it's New Year's Eve and I'll not be long. But notice, if you would with me first, the possibilities in this text. Now unto him that is able. I'm glad that Paul didn't say unto him that potentially could be able. But he says unto him that is able. Notice the confidence that the Apostle Paul expresses in Christ. Unto him that is able. And the word able literally means having sufficient power or skill of the resources to do something about it. And while you and I may be a little shy or a little short on some resources tonight, I'm glad we serve a God who is unlimited in all of his resources. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think tonight. Thank God we serve a God who has possibilities tonight and can exceed all of our potential tonight. The possibilities are endless. The first use of the word is actually found in a negative connotation in the book of Exodus in chapter, or excuse me, Genesis in chapter number 13 in verse number 6. Because of God's abundant blessings upon Abraham and upon Lot, we find that in verse number 5 and 6, and Lot said also, uh, which went with Aaron, had flocks and herds and uh, tents, and the Lord and the land was not able. And here the word able is used for the first time in the scripture, and it was not able to bear them. And the Bible says that for their substance was great. 
And here, though it is used of God to divide Lot and Abraham uh, to some degree in a negative connotation, and yet the word Abel in its context literally in that passage, a scripture is saying that in spite of Lot, In spite of Abraham, God showed his unlimited possibility in their life by blessing them with such herbs and such flocks and such a land and blessings that the land could no longer obtain both of them and they had to part and go their separate ways. May I say to you that God can go beyond the bounds of our possibility tonight? What Paul is literally saying is to the church, I want you to think about what you believe, what is the limit of God in your mind and in your heart. What would you like to see God do in 2024? What is the uh, premium, the apex of your Christian life that you'd like to see come to pass in 2024? And Paul is saying, when you have considered that and when you have determined that and when you have set the limit on that as to what you believe God is able to do in your life, Paul is saying, I want you to know that God can go far beyond that. The possibilities of our Christian walk with the Lord. With poverty of mind comes poverty of action. And I believe one of the reasons we live in a day and age where Christians are so, as a whole, are so inactive in their Christian life, we come to the place where we are so poverty-stricken in our mind and in our faith and our belief in God that we have stagnated God's ability to work in our life because God could not work where there was unbelief in the Bible. And I believe that the only thing that limits God in our lives today is the spirit of unbelief. We set caps on God's ability. Small thoughts produce small deeds. Small faith produces small feats. Small actions produce small things. God is able to go beyond our need, and that's not all. He's able to exceed that need. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. William Carey said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. May I say to us tonight that we need to come to the place that we expect great things for God and that we attempt great things for God. Think about Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament. The Bible tells us that they were well stricken in years and Sarah was not able to bear children. She was past the uh, the a year of being able to bear uh, children in birth. And she laughed when God had made the announcement that she would bring forth a son. Sarah laughed in the tent and God rebuked her for her laughing and her scorning. But in Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 14, the Bible says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? And at the time appointed, I'll return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And you and I are on the other end of the story and we know that God intervened and that God had done the impossible and God moved in the life of Sarah and God moved in the life of Abraham and in the spite of it looking humanly impossible and against scientific evidence and research, God moved on the scene and God did the impossible and God did great things in the life of Sarah and Abraham. What about Israel in the wilderness? God gave them quail and manna from heaven, water from great depths. God led them through the desert for 40 years in their wilderness wonder. 
wilderness wanderings. And the Bible tells us that their shoes never wore out, their clothes never wore out. God was good to them, and God provided for them, and God protected them during that time. May I say to you that God is able as anything too hard for God? Let's ask Gideon tonight who won the battle against the Amalekites and the Midianites with just a 300 footman in the book of Judges in chapter number 7 who started out with 32,000, was reduced to 22,000, was brought down to 9,700 and ultimately only 300. And the Bible said the Midianites and the Amalekites were like the sand by the seashore. They were innumerable in the valley and with 300 they went out and God allowed them to have victory. Why? And I ask you tonight, is anything too hard for God? We find that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace. In fact, the Bible said as we heated to the point that when they, the soldiers had threw them in, that they were burned in the fire. What a waste of good soldiers. And yet we find that they came out not burned, unharmed, not even the smell of smoke. Is anything too hard for God? What about Daniel in the lion's den? What about Peter walking on the water? What about Mary and the virgin birth? Is anything too hard for God? Ask Joshua at the battle of Jericho. May I ask you tonight, is anything too hard for God in 2024? Is your finances beyond God's ability to work and move and provide? Is your circumstances so dire that God does not have the ability to meet that need? Speaking of Nazareth in Matthew, 9, uh, Matthew 13 and 58, and he did uh, not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now I'm determined tonight that it is unbelief that stagnates the working of God. It is an unbelief that God is able in our circumstances. Often we believe that God's able to work in others' lives, in others' ministries, in other individual circumstances, but God's not able to work in ours. Somehow we think that our personal circumstances are so dire that they're beyond the possibilities of God. In Psalm 34 and 8, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. In Psalm 34, 11 and 12, and notice in the latter part of verse number 11, no good thing will he withheld from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. And in Psalm 103 and verse number 5, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Aren't you glad tonight that we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that all that we would ask or think? The Bible says in Joshua 21, 45, there hath fell not aught of one any good thing which the Lord hath spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Thank God for his divine promises. The Lord is able. I remember years ago, and I may have shared this some time ago with the church, but I remember we were members of a church, the Brian Baptist Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Don't worry, you'll not find it if you try to Google and research it. It is now totally changed. It's an extremely liberal church, a contemporary to the full extent. But back then, it was a rock-solid, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, Bible-separated, independent, fundamental Baptist. I believe the King James Bible and preach the truth without compromise. I remember we were having a Sunday school campaign. 
And Peggy and I determined we wanted to win it. They were giving away preacher a free trip to Costa Rica to visit with some of our missionaries that were there. And so we decided we were going to win that trip to Costa Rica. We were praying about being a missionary. And so we went home and sat down on a little a legal pad and determined that we were going to try to win this Sunday school campaign because the one that brought the most first-time visitors in six weeks won a free all-paid trip to Costa Rica to visit our missionaries. And so we went home and wrote all the names that we knew on a, a legal pad, a ledger pad. And we didn't even have enough to fill out one column. And uh, like 25, 26 names. And we looked at each other and said to ourselves, there's no way we're going to win this with 25, 26 first-time visitors. And we started visiting, inviting people. And lo and behold, we brought the most first-time visitors. The next week, there was another couple that owned a daycare in our church. And they brought more than we did. And they jumped ahead of us. The third week, we jumped ahead of them. Fourth week, they jumped ahead of us. And we were neck and neck, back and forth, all the way through. Everyone else just kind of dropped out. Nobody even come close. Now, one of the reasons to give all credit where credit is due is because my dad got involved helping Mrs. Peggy and I invite people to church. Now, my dad was very outgoing. He could have sold cold weather, ice, and igloos to Eskimos. That's just the way I remember as a young man walking up with him and a nice uh, million, multi-million dollar homes. He'd be working on their air-conditioned system and he'd walk up, knock on the door, let them know he's there. And sometimes he'd say to him, he said, now you wouldn't happen to have a bologna sandwich, would you? I'm hungry. I ain't ate all day long. And I'd get so embarrassed. And I'd say, Dad, why did you do that? And he never did say it, but I know in his mind he's saying, because I know it embarrasses you, and I enjoy it. <laughs> but that was just my dad. He was very outgoing. And uh, he found out somehow through the grapevine, we were involved in the Sunday school campaign, trying to bring the most first-time visitors. And he said, don't worry about it, boy, we got this. And my dad started inviting them. My dad knew everybody. And if he didn't know them, you'd have thought that he knew them. <laughs> he was walking through Mar-a-Lago one day after working on the air-conditioned system and had his shoes off walking across the white carpet because they mandated he had to. And he saw a gentleman sitting at a table by himself, felt sorry for him, and went over and started talking to him. The man asked him to sit down, found out later what we know him now as President Trump. My dad didn't care who it was, where it was, and it was at any time. That was him. Him and Peggy have a lot in common, by the way. <clears throat> My dad said, we've got this. He started inviting people to church, and I don't know if he offered them free air-conditioned service or what, but they started coming left and right. And all of a sudden, we jumped ahead of them, and uh, then Phil and Edie brought their entire daycare with all the children and the mother and dad, and they jumped ahead of us on that fifth week. And on the sixth week, my dad said, don't you worry about it, boy, we got this. And I don't remember how many it was, but there's 40 or 50 or more came in on that last Sunday, and we won like 100, if I remember right, 168 first-time visitors in our church services in six weeks. And Phil and Edie brought, I think it was 162 uh, first-time visitors. In six weeks, between the two families, over 300 uh, plus 20 or 30 uh, first-time visitors in our church. God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's the God we serve. And I think God, some of the businessmen in our church come together and said, you know, Phil and Edie did so well. 
Uh, it's not right we not send them. And uh, so we'd like to pool our money together and send them. And I thank God they did. Because somebody gave uh, Miss Edie a box of white and dark chocolate or milk chocolate, uh, little seashell-like things. And Miss Ellis got one too. And if it hadn't been for them, we'd have starved to death on the trip. <laughs> Everything was refried beans and scorched eggs. We ate at McDonald's, and I swear, I believe the meat was cooked in the sun for three months before they served it to us. We didn't eat at McDonald's since, but unless we had to. I'm just simply saying that God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that. All that we would ask or think, God's able tonight. Were you willing to believe him and trust him? Then notice, secondly, the plentiful. God is willing to do exceedingly abundantly. And the word exceeding means going beyond Excelling. I've been watching this clock up here and I ain't preached for one second yet. It's stuck. <laughs> Thank God for a dead watch, amen. The plentiful. God's willing to do exceedingly and abundantly of all that we would ask or think. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Somebody said, hurry up and get a battery in that watch up there, that clock. I heard it in my mind. James 4, 3, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. And I believe tonight that the possibility is there and God has a plentiful, bountiful supply tonight if we'll just learn to tap into it. May I just say tonight, how do we receive God's blessings? The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 7, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For he that asketh receiveth and that him that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh the door shall be opened unto him. And may I say to you tonight, it's really quite simple. Ask, seek, pray, knock on heaven's door and the Bible said it shall be given unto you. It's simple to believe him. To trust him, to acknowledge him, and to act by faith. I believe that in 2024, can I just say this tonight? I want to be very careful here. I believe the possibilities of Bible Baptist Church goes far beyond any of our expectations. I believe what God wants to do in every single family in every single individual's life. Pales in comparison to our mindset of what we think God can do. I remember years ago, there was a prisoner's wife that attended the lovely lady services in Rollins, Wyoming. Mrs. Ellis asked him in one of the meetings, said, would you share with us a testimony on what one of the most prized possessions that your husband's ever given to you? And some of them were talking about different gifts and things that their husbands who are now in prison had given to them and purchased for them over the years. But there was one lady who said, just a moment. And she went to the car, and if I remember the story correctly, she got her purse and brought it in. And she fumbled and dug through her purse and pulled out a little lead pencil. 
never been sharpened. And had the Rock of Ages name, a logo, an address on it. And she held it up and began to weep. She said, this is the most prized possession I've ever received from my husband. A lead pencil. And she wept. Let me ask you tonight, what is your most prized possession? What is it that means the most to you? May I say to you tonight that whatever your most prized possession is that you have in your possession or in your memory bank, that we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that. A God who is great, plenteous. And then let me give you the last thought quickly, the power. According to the power that worketh in us, you see, the power is not an external force, but he said within us, it's an internal force. God desires to do great things through us by his power. You see, all of God's unmeasurable workings are contingent upon our, the condition of our heart. You see, our heart is the soil in which God uses to work and to plan and to sow and to bring forth great things. No matter how much the dew or the rain falls upon a rock, a rock never brings forth fruit or life. It is only on fertile soil that the dew and the rain settles upon that and germinates a seed and bring forth fruit, yea, trees of bearing great multitudes of fruit. And may I say to you tonight, depending on the fertility of the soil of the heart and how open we are to the Holy Spirit of God and the power of God working in our lives and through us will determine what God is able to do through us. In James 1 and 17, the Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father above and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'm glad tonight we serve a God who is able. As they come get ready for the invitation tonight, let me ask you this. Do you believe God's able to do great and exceeding things in 2024? I believe 2024 holds with it one of the greatest possibilities. I remember Lester Ruloff. It is said that when he left there in Texas, there was a storm that was in. And he said that morning, he said, I just got a hunch this is going to be the greatest day of my life. But just moments later, he and the Honeybee Quartet met the master. And it was the best day of his life. You say, preacher, that was a tragedy. No, he's seen the Lord face to face. And may I remind you tonight that God's able. But preacher, you don't understand what I'm up against. God's able. But preacher, you don't understand my dire circumstances. God's able. But preacher, you don't understand the need of my family. God's able. But preacher, I want to do so much more, but... God's able. 
But preacher, I'd like to give more than I've ever given and meet the request and the desire of our uh, pastor as the Holy Spirit of God has led him and laid upon his heart the theme and the purpose for 2024. And preacher, I'd love to get involved and do something. But, but God's able. Don't carry your problems from 2023 into 2024. Lay them in the altar tonight. And realize that God is able. God's able. Do you believe that tonight? Our fathers, we bow before you. I pray you'll take these few short thoughts tonight. Use them for thy glory and thy honor. Bless tonight as we... Approach our last invitation for 2023 and make preparations to enter into 2024 in just a few hours. Remind us that you're able. When our heads are hung low and our heart is bowed heavy, remind us that you're able. When you desire to do more but we don't see a way, remind us you're able. And it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Remind us you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we'd ask or think. I ask it in.